fucking needed that. I mean, I was on the verge of inflicting some pain upon myself. The way well, I mean, that was it. I mean, if you would have gotten a clip from yesterday, I might have got up and punched you in the face, but... I'm sorry, Tony. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't help myself right now. I'm really... God, I miss the steroid era. How fun was the steroid era? No, she just checked, like, her snotty self checked. I like listening to myself. Yeah, of course. I would, I would imagine you like listening to yeah. yourself, Tom. Yeah, I do. I like, yeah. I want to do. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there going like... Well, thank you. Thank you so much for offering me your input. You've really made a difference in the broadcast. Yeah, we we run the show on the policy of ice cold, no mistakes. You know, maybe mingle with some of those college students down there, try to find maybe some might attractive women to, to put on that on that film, I guess. Right. But um, this is this is getting a little borderline. Getting out of here. Getting out of, out of control. Out of control. Let's, let's go back to the, right yeah. Uh, way too unsportsmanlike. Uh, you can call in, okay? <laughs> Welcome to Unsportsmanlike Conduct, Trevor Brew and Tommy Morris. We are back, a new year, which means we do one episode and then we stop after that. Tommy? What's up? That's all we get out of you this year. Yeah, that's all you got. So what do you want to talk about, Tommy? Why don't you name the topic? I don't know, we had a range of topics that you wrote down that I didn't, so why don't you, why don't you tell me what to do? Okay. Well, I think we should talk. I think we should talk a little football. We just had the college football playoff fi- finished. We Fuck. have have the NFL playoffs in full swing right now. I think it's interesting to see, you know, the, the ratings for college football were through the roof on Monday night. And at the same time, the NFL ratings for wildcard weekend were down significantly from last year. And there's been, you know, there's been talk all last year about uh, from a ratings perspective, what's wrong with the NFL. So I, I think this is an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, what's wrong in the NFL is it's become too corporate and people kind of see through the bullshit. And this might be something for me being a San Diego guy that I kind of, you know, I'm really sour on it because the Chargers moved. But I think it's becoming way too obvious that, like, the the relationship with teams in the cities are not as strong as it used to be, I think. And I think a lot of that's to do with fantasy football. Like, people just want to watch their players and people have more ownership of their fantasy team than they do a team, per se. Uh, you talk to a lot of people, with the exception of the diehards, nobody sits down and watches a single football game anymore. It doesn't happen. They watch Red Zone because they like football, but nobody takes time to watch a full game. It's part of the, you know, way our culture is now. Everything wants, everyone wants instant gratification, instant action, whatever. They don't want to wait for commercials. They don't want to wait for plays to be run. They want to watch Red Zone, which is constant plays over and over and over. It makes you detach from your team a little bit because you're not, you don't know every, every player on the team anymore. I mean, it, it used to be, Again, this might be a thing, me being older or whatever, and you know, the charge is moving, but it used to be you would be able to name almost every single player on your favorite team and probably throughout the league, especially teams that your team played frequently, you can name everybody. Now, people are hard-pressed to name five, ten players on a football team because they don't watch it as frequently. They'll check the score. Yeah, they kind of care. But it's not the same thing where you're getting like two games a week and one of them is your team and you better watch them. Otherwise, you're not watching football that week. So I think that's the biggest problem the NFL has. Whereas college, you went to that school, you have allegiance to that school, you're going to like them no matter what. It's built in. You know what I mean? It's not built in in the NFL per se, where you have to like the team from your city. A lot of people don't give a shit about the team in their city. So that's a problem they're going to run into now and in the future too. So I sounded a lot like you even six weeks ago. You know, I was talking, I, I literally had every reason why the NFL is not good anymore. And I was talking about how people don't want to spend this much time watching. There's a lot of other things to do, especially if you live in a metropolitan area like Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York. You know, there's just, there's other things to do on a Sunday besides just spend time watching football. And then I, what I realized is 
I had this like crazy revelation when the Niners got Garoppolo because like I wouldn't sit inside and watch a football. I I was over the Niners despite being a fan for 25 years. I just couldn't I couldn't deal with it anymore. There's no part of me who wanted to watch. And as soon as they got him and they started putting this amazing product like on the field again, I was 100 percent all the way back in. And what I started realizing was like I could come up with every excuse possible, but I think the biggest problem the NFL has right now is for, I, forget about the protests, forget about the fact that it's easier to sit on your couch than to actually go to a game and how expensive it is and all that shit. I think the biggest problem the NFL has is the fact that they don't have that they don't have good quality of play right now. There's not a high level of talent and there's not enough marketable players. I think that's their two biggest issues because if you look at the NBA right now, you still have to commit a significant amount of time to watch. The NBA ratings are higher than they've ever been and it's not just committing to a Sunday. There's games going every night of the week. What the hell's going on, Tommy? They're not. They're not higher. They're higher higher regionally but they're not higher nationally. I promise you. Are you talking about compared to the NFL or compared to relative to their past ratings? I'm saying that the regional rankings for NBA games are higher. Like if you're, you know, in your in your case, the Warriors, the the Warriors ratings are higher. If you live in like you know Dallas, the Mavericks ratings are higher. But the, the ESPN games are not higher. But are are the, you the comparing them ratings. to football or comparing them to their previous years? Com- comparing the previous years. And you're the, saying that the regional games do well, the national games do not. Really? So you're and, saying you're saying with the NBA that ratings. Uh, nationally, are not doing better than years past compared no. to the NBA, not the NFL. Look it up. I, mean, I don't. This is why I have you. It, it's it's the same with baseball too. The national ratings are tanking, but the regional ones aren't, and the, it's it's kind of the same reason why football is running into a problem because you can watch every single home team game without having to buy some crazy package, some crazy sports package. Football. A lot of people have red zone. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of people will spring just for that channel or they'll go to a bar and watch all the games. I mean, they, they don't set – and it's only one game a week, so they don't settle for that. Whereas basketball, you know, it's good background noise. You flip it on when it's on. But do you really care? I mean, do you personally – are you more prone to watching a Pacers-Houston Rockets game now than you would have been five years ago? Probably not. I think I think my point is just that I I don't when I when they talk about why are the the football ratings down so much last week to me maybe I'm off base maybe the is the, the fact is people just don't aren't watching as many games anymore but for me it's like well look at the teams playing it's not a good product and if and if you look at a few years ago like when you were looking at like some of the rivalries and, and like year after year I think you had like th- almost three straight years of. Or not three straight. You had almost had three straight years of like Broncos, Colts, or Broncos, Patriots, NFC cha- or AFC Championship games, Niners, Seahawks Championship games. Like you had, you had teams that were marketable that people wanted to watch. And right now, look at the playoffs. I mean, you had the Jaguars and the Bills last weekend. You had the Titans. You got the Titans and the Jaguars again this weekend. You got a bunch of injured quarter. I mean, half the half the teams are playing with a backup quarterback in the playoffs. I, I mean, so you're saying the quality of play throughout the league is worse? Is that the, I'm saying, I don't necessarily buy that. I'm saying that I think there's two issues. One, I think, is quality of play, and two, I think, is marketability of stars. So the quality of the play last weekend, if you look at that Bills-Jaguars game, was god-awful. I mean, you had two quarterbacks that probably shouldn't be starting on any team and are both starting on playoff teams, and 
you combine that with the fact that I think there's a lot of issues in the NFL game right now. There's a lot of injuries that make it so, you know, even have the few star players you do have playing. You have, it seems like there's issues like with players fully like coming over for the college game that can play at the NFL pace. We look at a lot, look at some of these college bowl games we had. How much more they are exciting than most of the NFL games we've seen all season long. I, okay, I'll say this is a big problem too in the NFL. Um, the, the reason why they don't practice as much is going to lead to worse play. Um, but wasn't that always players, an issue? No, I mean it, it's become worse now. Uh, I think players now more than ever don't really hate each other. It's more fraternity than it used to be. It used to be you hated the guys you're playing against, and it made it great uh, because that's what people want to see. People want to see the people want to see best friends, you know, fucking around in the back. I mean, that's why we like you know Steelers. I mean? like that. That's why we like Steelers Bengals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what people want to see. They don't want to. See, it's not. It's this BS. Like, oh, you know, like I want to be in the league as long as I can, make business decisions. It's more obvious than ever that the, most of the players don't like playing football. They're just doing it to cash a paycheck. I would say. So the passion is not there. They just they're just out there, kind of going through the motions. They don't really care. Um, and I I will say that it's it's probably more league wide now than it's ever been. And I I think a lot of this has to do with and again I hate blaming young people, but and now that I'm old enough, I can I can do this now, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> people care more about their personal brand than they do about their team. It's it's not. There's no question. I mean, I think the big problem is the whole social media thing. People care more about their Instagram and their Twitter than they do about their team. And I, I think no, that sounds crazy, but it's really not because you can make more money if you're a popular player than you can if you're not popular, regardless of your base salary. So, and I think that the starting point of it was, you know, the Terrell Owens is and the Chad Trasinkos, where they realize they could just be outspoken and ridiculous, and people will just like them, and they'll get the maybe they won't get the commercial deals or whatever. People will follow them. They'll get their own reality show. They'll get their own, you know, whatever deal. They'll, they'll get all these followers, and then people will pay them to advertise their, their company, whatever it is. And that's what it's become now. It's become just a launching board for people to just be popular on their own. It's not necessarily let's win this for the team. And it's kind of starting to leak into college. You see kids sitting at bowl games. And I really think that the whole fabric of professional sports and sports in general is going to be ruined very, very shortly until somebody, so, unless somebody does something because it's ridiculous. So you, so you think it's a societal problem where essentially the fact that players have so much control over their own brand now and through sports, they could build up their following across these different platforms and then monetize that brand has turned these players into more egotistical and more concerned about monetizing their own brand than contributing to their team. Is that, is that where you're getting at? hundred percent. And, but, but based on that argument, would you be saying that – wouldn't it be basically saying that people – that athletes all along were only in it for a paycheck and it just happened their paycheck was coming from sports? Um, yes and no. I mean I'll say that people – I really think that the more access there is to the players, the more they realize how maybe, – maybe it's them realizing how valuable they are. Or maybe it's them realizing you know, there, there's more to it than just me throwing a ball or catching a ball. There's you know, all this other stuff. So where it used to be, yeah, I'm getting this paycheck, it's nice, but I'm also having fun playing a game I love. It's more, yeah, I'm getting a paycheck, this is nice. And you, and you think that's that make a problem? Yeah, you know, I get what you're saying, but I – And it's I, not – it's a problem that's not just in pro sports. It's a problem that's going to go leak into college. I, again, it will not shock me. It will happen soon. It will happen, I promise you, either next year or the year after that. It will be that soon where a kid who's going to be a first-round pick, the team loses the first couple of games in college, and he says, fuck it, I'm sitting out the rest of the year. Yeah, so you think – That's going to happen. It's going to happen and it's going to start happening in high school too. I already know kids in high school who refuse to practice 
half their practices because they don't want to get hurt because they're ready five star recruits and they don't see a point. It's not. It's that's not really gonna... interesting. I didn't think about that because I, I well, what I was thinking about is I was seeing some of these guys sit out their bowl game and I was thinking, well, like there's a chance you get hurt any game. So like the fact that you're sitting out your bowl game, why'd you even play in the last game? You know, like it's a slippery slope, right? It so is a slippery slope, and yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, I, so you're saying it's it, already even moved down to high school. Forget oh, about you, college you, you players. Really, sitting you out. really think Josh Rosen was just magically hurt the whole season except for the USC game, and then then was done? That doesn't make any sense. He was sitting that shit out. For, he was sitting out on yeah. purpose. I don't have any sort of inside knowledge, but it makes most sense to me that he sat out like the first five games before the USC game, thought, oh, this is a cool game to play, and I'll play it. Bowl game, eh, I have a concussion all of a sudden. He, there, there was like so, a, so, he did okay, not. It, so let me ask ridiculous. you, because I agree with you. I think, I think you're right, and I think it's interesting because you have the insight from doing all this high school stuff to see how it's going all the way down the ladder. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are role models, so it only makes sense that this would continue. But then I guess my question is, do you think that basically like maybe it started with social media and then and then these athletes realized they had the power over their brand? Do you think you're basically saying you think there's been this shift where before maybe people weren't as selfish or or are you saying people have become more selfish or they just are more concerned about they just feel like they have more leverage to control what they want to do? I would say that the way society set up now um, encourages them to be selfish. So before you couldn't before the internet was as prevalent was and Twitter and all that stuff, you couldn't just like voice your opinions as like a mediocre player. It just didn't happen. There was no way to do it. There was no outlet to do it. No news story would give a shit. You know, there's no way to do it. Now, even if you're just a whatever player, people are going to follow you. People are going to care because you're still really good. You're still a professional athlete. So you have that opportunity to make more income other ways. So you being on a certain team doesn't really matter anymore because as long as you're in the NBA, it's fine. So to build, to build your it, personal platform. Right. I mean, again, and so you don't need to be the best player. You just need to stay in the league as long as possible. That, that, that's the new end game. So, okay, so it, I, have a, I have a question. And, and making your team win doesn't matter anymore. I mean, by proxy, if you, if you play well, your team wins. Okay. I get it. But that's not really what you care about. What you care about is that you get yours and that's pretty much it. And you're saying before the only way you could do that in sports is if you were good enough on like the best team or a good enough player to get visibility. And you're saying now you don't need right. that. Right. And, and that even wasn't really an option. The whole like other avenues of expressing yourself, it wasn't there. So you, you were playing a sport because you like to play the sport and all the other stuff is just secondary. Now it's flipping where the other stuff's first, playing the sport is secondary. It's interesting. I mean, I was going to say like, wouldn't it even go a step further? Cause I think, I, I mean, I, at least I feel like even like you see a lot of like people in the media where they have a platform via one of these major companies to build a following and then they kind of have their own following and, and they're kind of, it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's a bad comparison, but I feel like it's the same thing where they, you don't necessarily need to be at the very top. You're just, ba you basically have a platform to take, to take advantage of. Oh, it happens in the media all the time. I mean, what, yeah, yes, originally you have to be on a big network or whatever to get your brand up there. But once you've done it, what's the point in answering to somebody? It's you almost, have enough yeah. followers, you, you can get enough listens or views or whatever it is on your own. What's the point? You can just do it all on your own and you can monetize it yourself. You don't need somebody else to do it for you. And that's just the way of the future. That's just how it is. So it's basically, I mean, I I think the most lucrative way to do it, again, I, I mean, yeah, I, Speaking from not experience because I haven't done it this way and I don't really plan on doing it this way. But what makes what I've seen work the best is build up a following with by you know working for a network, and then the second you're done, you get a big do enough following, thing. just go yeah. piece off, do your own thing, and hope you can grow organically by yourself. But I mean, once you've gotten there to the you know the point where you have hundreds of thousands of followers, which again I have nowhere near that, but 
once you've gotten there, you don't need anybody else. Like, why, why would you need anybody else? You have a built-in audience. You have a built-in way to, to monetize. You have eyes and ears that advertisers want. So why do you need to pay, take a paycheck for anyone or listen to what anyone says as long as you're just on top of your stuff and you, you keep putting out content? No one's going to care. And go, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Going back to the, the, the part of it with the athletes. So I think the only thing that doesn't totally fit in this discussion is just it's hard for me to believe that there's, there's, I mean, there's gotta still be a sector of people participating that still like that love the sport enough to still care. You're just saying that you think, you think there was a bigger group of them that didn't care before that are just more magnified now. Yeah. That- I mean, why do you think the Patriots are so good? Do the Patriots have the best players in the league? No, no, they, it's just Belichick's really good at finding the guys who actually give a shit. And that's why they're so good. If you ask any player in the NFL, that's, you know, a normal human being, they'll say, Playing for the Patriots sucks, but you win. Now, there, there's a select few guys who like that because they like winning and it's worth it to them to have their lives taken away basically for nine months of the year and they live in that facility and they get yelled at. And they're, you know, it, it, some of them, if you can thrive in that situation, you can play for the Patriots and you'll win games. That's it. They're not the most talented team by any way, any way shape, or form, but they're definitely the, the team of guys that are actually yeah. there to play football and not there for money. That's why they win. It's not, not, I mean, maybe, oh, they're cheating. No, they just have guys who actually give a shit. Well, it's also, you know, it kind of brings up another interesting point because in other professions of life, there's not necessarily physical requirements to do something. So anyone who really wants to do something, you know, if you work hard enough at it and you spend enough time at it and you're not completely incompetent, you probably have a pretty good shot of making it happen. But in something like the NFL or the NBA where size and height and there's other factors that are a requirement for the most part to, to for 95% of people who want to compete at that level – I think I think to your point, you start you might end up with a lot of people that physically have the tools that uh, there's a reason they're there because they could it's lucrative, but you know they don't necessarily that's not necessarily the thing they love the most. And I'll say this: it's not it's not um you know exclusive to sports. It happens in every industry. If you're if you're a math genius, you know in order to be like one of these genius programmers or whatever, you have to just have a physical set of tools that not everybody has. Now, do you do you really like doing it, or do you just do it because it gives you the best money, you know, the most money? If you really like doing, it, you're really passionate about it. You're going to be one of the wealthiest people in the world. If you just do it because you're good at it, someone will hire you. But you're not going to thrive like somebody so, who really likes doing it. I think it. this so, would be an interesting it's, question. It's what percentage? What percentage of what percentage of people in the NFL, or what percentage of players in the NFL do you think are there because they have the physical abilities but don't really give a shit? I, well, it's more complicated than that. I would say 50-50, but I'll also say there's a large percent of people who like doing it and they like the money. But if you gave them another way to make that money that isn't bashing your head against someone else, they'd take it. But they also don't mind doing it. Does, yeah. does that make any sense? Like well, they, yeah, they, guess, they, they like guess, it. They like it. It's, they like it fine. But it, let's, let's say like their salary is a million dollars. They would take half a million to do something else. Does that yeah. make sense? Well, I guess they, the other not, factor, like the, the – you know, the the thing that we're not talking, the elephant in the room here is the fact that like, regardless if they like it or not, it's also something that could potentially make them brain dead and not know who, who their wife is in five years. But yeah, there's that aspect too. But I, yeah. I, I mean, there's even, no, but there's NBA players who like this too. Yeah, NBA, NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tracy McGrady was notorious for that. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, Carmel Anthony, does, Carmel Anthony doesn't give a shit. You, you can't convince me drinking, drinking at halftime. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's a large... You know, amount of players that don't give a shit, and 
it's it's sad, but at the same time, it's not exclusive to that industry. And that's why I think pro sports get kind of a bad rap. It's like, dude, if you're the best writer in the world, like you don't really like writing, you're still going to probably get a job writing because you're just really fucking good at it. And you, are you going to be passionate about it as you could be? No. And because of that, are you going to be as successful as you should be? No. But you're still doing it because it's your best way of making money. I mean, do, do you think all lawyers like being lawyers? Do you think they enjoy practicing law or do they you think they do it because they're intelligent guys and they figure this is a good way to make a good living yeah i mean the only thing i'll disagree with you there on is that i i feel like there's a bit of an inherent pressure like if you're born and you're like super athletic and you're six nine versus you know you're born and you're just smart to be like be a lawyer versus like being six nine and being a basketball player you know i feel like there's i feel like there's more ways to exert your talent, if you're just smart, then just go be a lawyer because it pays well, even though you hate it. Versus like okay, okay. you're six well, nine athletic and you can dunk and shoot from like thirty feet, you know, thirty feet out with like eighty percent, you know. Okay, okay. How about this? Perfect SAT score is four point zero GPA. Mom, dad, don't want to go to college. I want to be an artist. I mean, yeah, and yeah, it doesn't make. I get that, but I'm just saying. I feel like you have more room to try to find something you like more and use like whatever your strengths are than when you're if, if your your abilities are strictly physical. No, I agree with you. There's not as many jobs where having physical talents creates revenue. And that's why it hurts me when I see kids that are like, oh, I'll make it in the league one day. Because realistically, if you don't, you're kind of fucked. Like you're just you just are. And to, to bank on that, not smart because it's not like if you, oh, if I don't make it in football, then I can go play, you know, cricket or something. There's no, there's no other ulterior thing. Again, if, yeah, like you're saying, if you're smart, someone will hire you to do something. You may not like it, but someone <laughs> will hire you to do something. If you, if you're big, fast, and strong, and football doesn't work out, basketball doesn't work out, there is no backup plan. There's no like, oh, well, this is a similar job. It's not like, oh, I can't make it in accounting, but I can make it in sales. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. There's no. I don't know, and, and that's that is a thing that frustrates me with college sports a lot because the majority of those kids don't make it and they all think they're going to make it because they you know they're, they're going division one or whatever it is and they, they assume that the path is made for them they leave college early they don't make it and then they're back home and it's five years later and they've got yeah sure they got a couple hundred thousand that's great but that's it that's the most they're going to make that's it so yeah, I and mean, they I, have no, and like, no degree. So I think we should touch on this topic more. I'd like to get some people on the future where we could we could dive deeper into this. But let's 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 move on for now. Um, so I don't I don't really want to talk about this that much going forward. But I think this is another interesting thing that we should talk about regarding the whole Lavar Ball situation. It, it has to do with you know Steve Kerr kind of confronted the media. He he was talking about how you know it's it's almost like a like they're the one. It's almost like it's a I don't know if it's a self fulfilling prophecy is the right word, but. He was talking about how you know ESP had laid off good writers, he had, he had like Mark Stein and Ethan Sherwood Strauss, and at the same time they're sending people over to Lithuania to cover you know like every every right and left move by Lavar Ball. Journalists are talking and we're spotting to him saying you know it's not like we want to cover him, but that's what our bosses tell us to do. And so I think I mean I, I want to hear what you think on this, but it's this. It's kind of this ugly thing we have going in society. You know, I mean, this is a depressing episode. Normally, we have more lighthearted episodes. <laughs> so like, we're starting off the year in a very depressing way. But I, I feel like this is the issue going on here is the same exact thing that happened with Trump with in terms of how he got elected and with the media. It's this whole thing is, you know, you think as a journalist, your job is you want to write, you want to do good work, you want to tell important stories. You know, you when you really think about like 
at the heart of what someone starts out, the reason they want to be a journalist. But then it's like at the end of the day, everything in life revolves, like we said, revolves around money. It's a business. And they're they're being told to cover things that generate more eyeballs, that generate more revenue, you know? So then the question becomes, you know, whose fault is it? Is it is it the fault of the media company because they continue to cover it? Is it the fault of people because they're continuing to click on it? Or is it the fault of um I had a third one for this is where the CTE comes in right now. Ah, uh, little CTE. I know. You gotta love it. What was the third one? Or is it the fault of uh is it the fault of the of the media company for placing their values on that type of thing? Um, I think it's fault. I mean, I hate blaming things on society or whatever, but it's just again, it's the way that our society works now. You need to be the best way to be popular right away is to be polarizing. Um, and I, I mean, I would say you know, the musical artists figure this out really early. You need to have half the people love you, half the people hate you, because the only way that someone gets coverage is if there's a debate about it. The only reason why people care about Lavar is because one side of the table can say, fuck that guy. The other side can say, no, 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 what he's doing is awesome. If it's something that's indisputably good or indisputably bad, it won't get covered ever. It just won't because it doesn't get eyeballs. Um, and that that's just the end of the day. And it's, it's with that in sports, with that in politics, it's, it's everything. I mean, why do, you, why do you think the whole Kaepernick thing is such a big deal? It's because half the country thinks it's great, half the country thinks it's bad, and that's why. That, it, 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 and so – Lavar knows this. I, I, I give him more credit than a lot of people do. He knows he look. Look at the Kardashians. Half the people think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Half the people can't get enough of them. And the only reason why it works is because there's that argument there. You see well, what I'm I saying? Think you I, this, this is another issue. I, I feel like it goes back to when things change. When when this whole era of social media exploded and the idea of choice happened, I think some good things happened and some bad things happened. Because what happened was for the longest time, if you wanted a voice, like we've been talking about this all episode, but if you wanted a voice, you had to go work for one uh you know you had to go work for one of these you had to build up a reputation yeah you had to and whether you wanted a voice in terms of being in the media or if you wanted a voice in terms of being you know whether it's a filmmaker or you know you know having your own tv show or whatever it might be it's like there was a there was a few select networks that were going to decide if your show or if your writing or whatever it was is worthy your music was worthy right so whereas you know like if you were gonna um Let's say let's say you wanted to be a the CT is kicking in like crazy right now. This is I'm, I'm having I'm having one of those moments where I just can't remember it, any of my points. I got to I got to start writing stuff down. But the idea being that now, if I'm random Joe schmo, normally before before it was just I could check out these channels and and let's say it's Fox, CBS, whatever it may be, and only watch whatever they're putting on this night. So the gatekeepers of Fox, CBS, these channels were deciding what goes on TV. So, you know, if you had intelligent people in these positions, they could continue to put intelligent content. And I'm not saying it was always all intelligent content, but they were basically curating what content the masses saw. And now what you're seeing is that the masses are deciding what they watch on social, on the internet, and they're flocking to whatever their brains decide is something provocative. So it's almost like I almost get concerned. It's like, you know, how it's almost like a race to the bottom of like this rearing, this ugly circle of okay let's put out something that draws the eyeballs then the eyeballs see it it's like they keep getting fed all this stupid stuff they keep clicking on let's feed them more of this stuff rather than like let's try to actually put something out there that makes people smarter that makes society better that makes everyone you know more intelligent i completely agree with you i could agree with you more because it's a good and bad thing 
Yes. If, if someone who is actually smart and intelligent has been held back by the gatekeepers forever, now they can get their word out and that's great. Fantastic. But it also means there's an oversaturation of garbage. And to be honest, you, you never know what's going to be popular nowadays. Again, it's normally something stupid. That kid who wore white vans and walked to school every day is going to be like the greatest human being wherever he goes the rest of his life because he walked to school with vans. And my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, the thing and, that, and, and that, that is like it, it's not – is that really – I mean I guess if it's consumed, then yeah, it must be genius or whatever. But I mean at the end of the day – and you're seeing it a lot too in the entertainment industry where – People don't want to make movies anymore. People don't want to make, you know, long form things because it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk when people can only, you know, people are only concerned about a five second video or a nine second video. People don't watch TV anymore. They'd rather watch their Instagram feed or their Snapchat feed of their friends doing stupid shit. And that's just the way it is now. I mean, long form things are just dead, which is sad because. But that's what my worry is, is because it's like, are we training everyone to be literally be stupider and it's just be continue to be fueled because they think that's where like the money's at. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say. Oh my God. Okay. I got it. I, I'll come back to in a second. Yeah. It came no, but no I, so, I, I'm no, I'm, I'm thinking you're right. And that's, that's my concern too. And it makes me roll my eyes. It makes me feel like an old man, but yeah. There's, wait, so there's a third player in this. This is, this is what I was going to say. So you have three, oh, you have you or what? Sorry. I was trying to walk around my computer and I unplugged the wrong thing. You actually, I guess you have, I guess you have four players in this. So tell me, tell me if you think I'm missing anything. But you have four, you have four key players. You have, and I'm gonna forget this. So I got to do quick. You have the person who's consuming the content. You have the person who's putting the content out there. So that's either, like, let's say in the case of journalism right now, you have the, the journalist itself, the reporter who's covering LeVar Ball. You have the people consuming the content. You have the media company. So that's like the ESPN. That's the boss that's telling the journalist to cover it. And then the fourth thing I couldn't remember is you have the advertiser. You have the one fueling the whole thing. And so, well, I mean, here's the thing: that the advertiser is going to flock to wherever the um, advertiser going to flock to wherever the viewers are. So the viewers are actually driving the whole thing. So these people aren't idiots. They know. Yeah, if, but if you they, have. But some, don't they have? But that's that's where you could say they have a moral obligation not to do it because if you basically say that people have been so hypnotized by this short form stupid content that they can't control themselves from watching. I mean, that's that's a question in itself. Is like, is it is it blame? Should you be blaming the people for clicking on it, or have have we've been so like basically brainwashed into consuming this content? that we're almost helpless right now and that really it's on either the advertisers say, well, I'm not going to pay for that type of content. Like across the board, we're just not going to pay for that type of content. Or is it on, you know, the, the media company itself to be like, you know, we're above that. We want to create better content. Kind of like with the athlete. And this kind of brings it to something like the athletic, right? They want to create good content. They feel like there's no way to create really meaningful, good content with, with the current system. So it's a paywall, right? But then the question becomes, it's like, if you can't get enough people and you're making really good, meaningful content, but you can't get enough scale behind a paywall, it's like, then what do you do? You know, that's that's where the trade-off is. Well, I mean, that's the problem. And again, it's not going it, to, they're going to struggle. And it, it's because people don't, first of all, people don't pay for anything. And this started back when music started to become free with Kazaa, you know, Napster and all kinds of stuff. Like, once you get used to not paying for something, you don't want to pay for it anymore. It's just kind of how it is. I, I can, you know what I mean? If I can tell you you could have a car for free right now, would you buy one? For you know ten thousand dollars, if it was better, even if it's better, you know it's better. But here's a free car. No, I think I think you're right. The and, problem and is so how much stuff is becoming like that. Everything, everything's becoming like that because the way the way that everything's set up, it's not. You don't have to go to store to buy anything anymore. It's just whatever you can get downloaded right away on your computer. I mean, people have been stealing video games and stuff on, online forever. It's just been people haven't been smart enough to do it. It's not that hard to do it with articles and stuff. Like it, if again, people's attention spans 
tiny. They, they want to see eight reasons why LeBron's better than Michael Jordan. They don't want to well, see an, a whole, you know, analytical thing about LeBron growing up in Akron, Ohio. It, it, it's, that's kind of how it is now. So, and I think the other thing you might see is you might start see because of all this, there's, there might be more and more reasons why no one who has it in them to create good content wants to make it anymore. Because if you can't get paid to make good content, everyone expects it for free. And the only thing that any of these companies can make, make money off is this ridiculous shit, which is, like I said, just a race to the bottom. Then there's literally not even uh, a, a reason to even create it anymore as far as no, like anything legitimate. And I, I completely agree with you. And like I, I had a, I had an argument with so I was in a weird spot in college so I as you know but I don't know how many people know this I was a business major with a sports media minor which means I had to take a bunch of comp classes. The politics in the business department were far different than in the communications department, as you could probably predict and as you can probably guess which side is which, right? I mean, I don't have to tell mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And I remember this the, the only time I've ever gotten in a like heated argument with my professors because I'm not stupid enough to do that. Oh, I did it twice and I got bad grades in both classes and it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but it was a 300-person class. I want to say the name of the professor, but we, we, were, we were talking about like the, you know, the financial crisis and all this kind of stuff. And he says, by show of hands, who's not a comm major, who's a business major? Three kids in the 300-kid class raised their hand. I was one of them. And he just looks at us and he says, I can't believe how immoral all of you are. Don't they teach you guys ethics in class? And I went off on him. I went off. There, there's bad people in business, yes. There's equally as many bad people in journalism, and here's my point. As a journalist, you have the ability to tell people what is happening, what's going on, and to dummy it down for a paycheck, which is essentially what all these companies are doing. And it's not right or left. It's, you know, it's both major news networks or all three of them or whatever. It's ESPN. It's Fox Sports. They, they all do it because they want eyeballs. They don't give a shit about anything else because they need the money because it, it, people are stopping to buy cable real fast and this is my whole point to him too as a journalist you have the integrity to be truthful and to not be suckered into the whole ratings game and he laughed at me as, as if like oh like as if that affects people as much as the housing bubble and it really really does because if i as a citizen am not as informed as i should be or i don't have the opportunity to consume good media if it's in sports if i'm watching you know the highlight of some idiot getting blocked in a high school basketball not high school sorry in a middle school basketball game <laughs> some kid getting embarrassed whereas i want to see nba players so i can actually watch good basketball but all that i'm seeing espn is and they're doing this too i'm not just making this up if you look at the top 10 half of it is just submitted video from joe schmo in his backyard taking his pants off and dunking you know what i mean so and that was my whole argument to him and sacrificed probably two letter grades doing it, but I don't feel bad about <laughs> no, it. No, but it's right. It, because it, 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 saying that, that journalist, you know, journalistic integrity, oh, if, if I'm wrong a little bit, who cares? Oh, I put out this garbage, who cares? This garbage, people like it, whatever. It ruins the whole fabric of it and it is creating a downward spiral in the industry in general. And it infuriates me. It actually makes me really mad, especially someone in this industry. It, it is frustrating. And, and I'm, to your point, I'm not the only one. And I promise you there are good people in this industry, people who are talented, who are going to be fed up with it and just leave it all just because it's not worth it anymore. Why, why am I going to you know, dumb myself down so that you know, maybe twice as many people watch it, but it's not – you know in your heart of hearts it's not good content and sometimes it's not even truthful. And it's sad to see. And it's really kind of all of our fault. It's the fault of the people in the media. It's the fault of the people consuming it. It's the fault of the people advertising on it. It's really the fault of all four because everyone benefits from the dumbed down content. It's cheaper. It's easier for the consumer. It's quicker. And it 
provides the same you know gratification whatever and for the advertiser it's whatever it's eyeballs i don't care how i get them so well we it's saw all our faults we saw it with the election and the thing the other thing we haven't really even talked about is that the the thing that also has changed over the last few years is pri- prior to you know five years ago at the end of the day those decision makers at Fox ESPN CNN whoever it was they they at the end of the day after they made a decision on what you were going to see you still were going to see that content but with the emergence of something like Facebook it's like even if they decide you're going to that's the content they're going to put out Facebook ultimately is deciding what content you're going to see at the end of the day but that's that- also your fault so so if you if you like a whole bunch of things that are Similar, they're going to show you similar things. They're not going to show you contradictory arguments. But that's that is where I think society has completely changed because before there, like I feel like before you at least had the chance to see more stuff that could give you more perspective and be able to see both sides of a coin, or at least and there was at least the chance that you could be opened up to things you might not have thought you were interested in. But now the way that all these algorithms are set up, it almost is it, it, it's it's literally blocking off the chance for you to have any diverse thoughts. It just reinforces and reinforces whatever you previously liked. And I agree with you. And again, it's a problem. It started off as a sports podcast. It's turned it almost into politics. But I completely agree with you. I don't think we've you. ever and done a podcast like this. No, we haven't. This is actually great. And actually, we should put this out. Let's just cut out. Let's, honestly, let's cut out the whole bullshit we did in the, in the start. And let's start where you said, okay. let's talk about sports. Because okay. I'm actually enjoying this. Okay. Um, I will say this. It... And I kind of forgot what I was saying. No, you were getting heated. Okay, yeah. Tommy, you were so, getting so excited. The, you were really yeah, starting so, to feel yourself. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. So the, the way the problem again, the society and all this kind of shit, you like what you like and you have to like everything from that one avenue. And if you don't necessarily agree with it, you're going to defend it till you die. Now, because it, it's it's everything's so polarizing. You either hate LeVar Ball or you like LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball, yeah, I, I don't agree with everything LeVar Ball does. I think it was dumb for him to say that Luke Walls lost control of the team, yada, yada, yada. I do like, on the other hand, that he's kind of taking the initiative and throwing himself out there to try and make his kid his own shoe company and do all that stuff. I don't like that he pulled his kids out of school. I don't think it's healthy for a 16-year-old to go play professional basketball in Lithuania. I think you're setting yourself up for, you're setting your son up for failure because you don't know what he's going to be. And unless he's an NBA superstar, he's going to be disappointed in himself. He's going to feel like a failure. And you're really kind of screwing the kid. I don't agree with that. I agree with starting the company. I agree with all stuff. It should have just started with Lamelo, or sorry, with Lonzo, and then wait for the other kids to be old enough and see if they're actually good enough to do all this shit. You don't give a sixteen-year-old his own shoe line, and that will inevitably fail. But think about it for a second. You know, like, sorry. But but here's 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 my point. The way things are now, you either like Levar or you don't, which means you either like everything he does or you hate everything he does. And because of the way it works, with exactly what you're saying, you just see one side of an argument all the time. You don't really – it's not healthy in any way, shape, or form. I don't care if you're talking about politics, sports, whatever, to just completely agree with one person all the time or completely disagree with them because then you have no brain of your own. And you just decide immediately I am with it or without it and you don't put any thought into it. You, you're never going to agree with somebody 100% on everything. You would have to be a psychopath, a sheep, just a follower to totally do that. There's not one person in the world that I agree 100% on everything with. There are people I agree with 75% of things, 25% of things, 90% of things, 10% of things. But there's no, there's not a single person in the world that I agree 100% with. But that's how everyone should be. And I feel the problem is now everybody feels like, oh, if I agree with LeVar Ball on this one issue, I have to agree with everything he does. Or I agree with nothing. I don't agree with this thing, so I have to disagree with everything he does. And so now when ESPN puts a LeVar Ball thing on, 
people are talking about it online, people are fighting back and forth, people are angry at each other, and it's inciting all these conversations, they're getting comments, likes. You and know, ESPN has a whole like, system down. You know, and, it's and we get one, it con- eating, yeah, yeah, we get one controversial yeah. comment, then we have every one of our shows talk about it, then we have one of our shows talk about how this panelist said this, and this panel, it's a whole system they have in place. It's a, you know, like, they know what they're doing. What, and that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You need to get people mad at each other. And the way that everything's set up nowadays is you only see one side of the argument always, just like you were saying, the Facebook mediates it for you. Your Google search mediates it for you. So you're going to be passionate about one thing because your brain – I hate to say it, a lot of people are stupid, so they just kind of revert to the easiest thing. What's the but easiest is, thing? This oh, is the I question, agree. though. You know when you say a lot of people are stupid? This is what I'm worried about. I feel like – well, I had another thing I want to say. i got to write this down. The CTE is coming in like crazy. Get, hold on. This is, this is literally what it's come to. I have to write down notes. Um, but the, – okay, so the, this, this is what I'm thinking, though, is yes, it seems like there's a lot of insta- – like stupid people in society, unsophisticated people. But this is what I worry about is like, there's something to be said for the, you know, the whole idea, like, you know, you're, you're most similar to the five people you surround yourself with. Like that's how you, who you end up being most like, I think right. there, like for, yes, I think there is some intrinsic intelligence that you're born with, you know, but for the most part, I think your environment controls a lot of it. So it's like, yes, there's, there are people who are out there who are less intelligent than others. But my concern is just that there's this dumbing down of society going on and people that legitimately could have more intelligent opinions that could that have the capacity to like understand things in a different way aren't being given the opportunity because of this vicious cycle that we're in so there's more people that seem stupid out there than actually are stupid and it's like they just don't even have a chance to actually learn what they really what it really could be like they could they just can't understand because there's nothing out there available to them to understand i'm totally with you on that too and what i was gonna say i'm glad i wrote this down so so I, can't, I can't remember that. It's just, you know, eight concussions later, it gets scary. It's like, we do, you know, you do did a you podcast. Have eight? It was, yeah, it's, it was bad. Like, I mean, we, you know, we started this in 2010. My brain was, I guess it was, it was a little better back then, but slowly deteriorated over time. I think but, I'm getting stupider, not because necessarily concussions or whatever, but just because, like, I don't do, like, math ever, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's less, like I said, less critical thinking. But this is what yeah. I was going to say. Like, we've seen time after time. In, in life, in society, the only time changes are ever really made is when something really, really bad happens. It's the reason you have security with going through an airport is as higher security in an airport is because of 9-11. The reason you're starting to see like barriers put up on, on major streets like in New York and Barcelona and other places is because you have crazy people driving off the side of the roads and killing people. So the only thing that really changes anything is when these catastrophic events happen. And you're seeing it a little bit with Facebook with what happened with fake news in the election and how they're supposedly trying to curtail that with human editors and other things they're putting in place. But at some point, out of those four people I named, you have, like I said, I'm going to say it again, you have the consumer, ultimately the person consuming the media, the content. You have the person putting it out there, whether it's the journalist, the actor, the director, whoever it might be. You have the person who's kind of like the gatekeeper of that media, whether it's Fox, CNN, ESPN, and then you have the advertiser, you know, the Pepsi, the Subway, the Coke, the one who's funding this all. At some point in that cycle, you have to have a majority of that one of those four pillars decide they're not down to keep doing this. Or else it's just gonna keep it's gonna keep going and going until something much worse that happens than electing a president. I agree. And this is a great it's really a great way to start off 2018. Just get more and more negative as the conversation <laughs> goes along. Just get angrier and angrier yeah, and angrier. Just get angrier and angrier, have no solutions, really don't talk very much sports. 
go completely in a direction we never got. It's like we've been doing this for eight years. We come back, we come back, and we've completed. Uh, we're, you know, we think we're gonna have a fun time, and then it goes, it goes into this. No, I mean, I mean, again, it's because it's probably kind of a problem that's happening in the industry, and it's just you know the, the dumb down effect that everything has. I mean, if you, <laughs> I mean, it's literally more important to people. You know, if a player gets a dumb tattoo, that is going to get more headlines than an overtime game that's won in the late second three. It is. And we don't – I don't watch sports for that. I don't give a shit about the players. I really don't. I don't care about their personal lives. Um, if they're – I mean, if they're murdering people, that's one thing. But I don't care what they're wearing when they walk to the court. I don't care, you know, how many girlfriends they have. I don't care. It doesn't It, it doesn't bother – it doesn't make – my life any better or worse it has zero impact on my life i enjoy watching sports i watch competition i don't care i don't care about their instagrams i don't care about any of that shit i don't i don't follow athletes on instagram i think it's stupid i don't follow them on twitter i think it's stupid i watch them play sports that's the whole point as a as a fan of sports i don't give a shit about the players personalities or whatever and you you can argue with me all you want to like oh i like this certain player because he's from my hometown or because he supports this cause or whatever. That's fine. Great. Fantastic. But what makes sports great and what makes you have that adrenaline rush, the empathetic feeling you get when you see someone dunk a basketball or score a touchdown is you root for a certain team. You're with that team. And when that team does well, you feel great. You can say, oh, I root for this player, that player, this player. But I promise you 100%, you go to these diehard fans who root for a team, root for a college, root for whatever it is. They are way more into the game than someone who's like, oh, I'm a LeBron fan. Oh, I'm a Kobe fan. Oh, I'm a Steph Curry fan. Because that's, you know not, really, that's not really what it's about. And people people try to say, you know, it's so much easier to sit on the couch and like with, with all these new home home theater setups. You know, it's almost like, why would I ever go to a game? But I, I'm starting to realize how important it was like when my grandpa would take me to almost every 49ers game growing up. Like that's what, what you just talked about with sports. I feel like that's what develops that attachment to a team, develops like the actual attachment to a sport for the purest right reads because you're actually, you're actually there. You're present. You're not on your phone. You're not. Well, it's more than that. It's just like you're engaged and you're watching the whole game and you're rooting for a team. Like you, you go to – we both went to USC. You go to USC game. There's no other option. You're not rooting for another college. You're rooting for USC. That's it. That's your only team. That's it. You can make some – I can say, oh, I'm rooting for San Diego State you know, because I'm from here, whatever. It's not the same thing. It's really not. So you don't have that built in in professional sports. You need to – it needs to be taught to you essentially. You need your parents to teach you. I was a Chargers fan because my mom was a Chargers fan. My grandpa was a Chargers fan. I'm a Chargers fan. I was a Padres fan because my mom's a Chargers or Padres fan. My grandpa's a Padres fan. I'm a Padres fan. It's it was taught, you know. It's passed down. Pro sports, when you lose that, you lo- it, it. No one cares anymore. The, the passion for the sports not there. Maybe people want to. They look up to the athletes. They want to be like the athletes. But the win, the passion for the wins, lost. The giving a shit about winning in general is not there because in order to appreciate a win, you have to go through the rough years. You have to go through losses in order to appreciate the wins. And that's something people don't do anymore because they just root for the best player, and the best player generally is going to be in the playoffs or the championships every single year. So but you are you saying that when you when you say there's that issue now? I think that goes back to what's is that because you think that's with the emergence of Red Zone Channel or the fact that people don't take their kids to games or where do you think the problem lies? Because is like is that is that a parenting problem or is that a fundamental societal? No, like I mean I think I think it's a societal problem. And again, I keep blaming society for things, but it, because it is more convenient. I mean, what would you rather do? Would you rather sit through commercials and watch a game, or would you rather watch constant action and spend a ton it, of money? It, it, you get yeah, you can't you can't really blame people for doing that. I mean, it's not. You know what? But, okay, this is this. Well, this would be really interesting. I just I just had this idea, and 
I never thought about this before. And and honestly, like we got to do some research because I don't know how much. Okay. Maybe this is crazy because I know PSLs make a ton of money and I know actually maybe this is a stupid idea, but just hear me out. So yes, PSLs make owners a ton of money on stadium tickets on everything else. But you know, have you heard of movie pass? No, enlighten me. Okay, so MoviePass is this thing they just came out with in like the last six months, maybe longer, maybe uh, it, around that time frame, where you pay ten bucks a month and you get unlimited. Uh, you get unlimited once a day. You can go see a movie for for the price of ten bucks a month, and you can so you can see thirty movies a month if you want, all for the price of ten bucks. And basically, what they're banking on is because theaters are hurting right now. Like people aren't going into theaters mu- as much. People like have the comfort of their own home and Netflix. So all these movie theaters are hurting. And they're thinking if they could just get people in the seats, they'll buy concessions. They'll come more. Where they make most of their money on concessions anyways, right? So like they're think they're basically thinking about this new model that like five ten years ago would be like thought of as absolutely crazy. So I'm just thinking like, what if there was some type of like model like that in pro sports that basically, you know encourage people to go to the games where they basically barely had to pay anything but then like within the like within the game obviously you had to pay for everything you mean like food yeah or anything else like jerseys drinks whatever it might be i mean if you're gonna try and get free tickets away it's never gonna happen it's just not i i mean why (laughs) it's just it's too much money. It's too much money. I mean, the average ticket price for a lot of teams in the NFL is two hundred dollars. You're asking, and that you know, you have sixty, seventy thousand people in there. You're asking them to leave that money on the table. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe right now. Yeah. Maybe right now. But this is all I'm going to say is like, let's let's think about something. Personal seat license, right? For for most stadiums, it costs anywhere between five and eighty thousand dollars. Now that's fine for our grandparents' generation. Maybe even our parents' generation. I get. I guess the only flaw in what I'm talking about is maybe from like a corporate perspective, they're the ones buy a lot of these tickets. Corporations are always going to have money. But how many people in our generation are spending money on any type of sports season tickets? Do you, do you foresee yourself never buying season tickets to never. even your favorite team, like the Padres? I could walk to the Padres Stadium right now and never buy season tickets, never. So that's my point. No, no reason. Like, I mean, I get what you're too, saying. Teams yeah, make too yeah. much. I get what you're saying. Teams make too much on tickets. But like that's for now. Like who's realistically in our generation? You're talking. You just talked about people who can't even can't even look up from their phone for more than thirty seconds at a time, or not look down at their phone for thirty seconds. Who's buying season tickets to a game? You know, like they, who's doing that? It's a it's a problem that all all sports going to happen in twenty. That's years, what I'm saying. Maybe it's so, a different yeah. model where if you really want to get fans passionate and caring about a team again, willing to spend on merchandise and food and drinks, have your ratings up and everything involved in that. Like, I'm just saying, maybe there's a different model that comes out where, because right now it's not just about the comfort. It's not, to, see, it's, it's almost like the issue that I think the NFL has is like, yes, you have the red zone channel and fantasy and all these things to keep you from just caring about your own team. But you also have, you, it, it's like a double, it's, it's, it's two negative things at once because it's not just, you have all these other things to distract you. It's also super expensive if you actually want to go. It's a time commitment and expensive. Do you, do you know how much the average ticket price for a Patriots game is? How much? $380. Do you know how much the average ticket price for a Cincinnati Bengals game is? How much? $80. So here's my point. Part of the problem, too, is especially with the younger generation and everything, people don't want to be losers, don't want to be made fun of. Because all the cyber, like, trust me, this cyber bowling thing is a real thing. And so for, for kids that are you know, younger than us that have been, grown up in the 
Facebook era, they're more shy and more scared to be embarrassed than we definitely were. They don't want to, you know, rep a loser. So if you're the Patriots, you can charge whatever the fuck you want because people want to be Patriots fans. They want to take the picture at the stadium. They want to do all that kind of stuff. If you're a Bengals fan, not so cool. So that's a big part of the problem too. Warriors are never going to have a problem selling tickets as long as Durant and Curry are there. The Kings are always going to have problems selling tickets. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and I think I think this? that I think what that goes back to is that I think even a decade ago there were there were less things available for someone to do to entertain them. So if you ha- if you're putting a bad product out, it was still like if if you're in Sacramento or you're in Cleveland, there's just not as many things to do as if you're in a major metropolitan city. So even if you're putting a bad product out, it's just it's just something to do and you're going to be able to fill seats. But I think the point you're getting at is you it's just not the case anymore. Even if no, there's less to do in a city. Here's what I'm getting at. It, it if you're a winner, people will go because it's almost like you know, kind of the business model the Lakers have thrived off of. Like you're going to Lakers game, not necessarily to watch the game, but just to be seen at the game. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you're a good team, you're. It doesn't matter what city you're in. People will go because they want to be seen at the game. If you're a bad team, people will stop showing up because it's not cool anymore to go to these games. So it, there, people are more bigger bandwagon fans than ever, and it goes back again to the fact that people nowadays are almost more fans of players than they are of teams. And I've, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people who are younger than me. You know, they don't – perfect example of this. A couple of years ago, I talked to a whole bunch of kids who were 12, 13 years old. Asked every single one of them what their favorite NFL team was. This is in San Diego. Guess how many kids said Chargers out of, out of the 25? Guess how many kids said Chargers out of 25? This is before they moved. 15? Zero. Really? Not a single kid. And that's, that's part that's and kind how, of a San Diego long, problem. How long ago was this? Just two years ago. Did you fall? I mean, what was the reason? They didn't like them. They, they, I mean, they weren't that great. Uh, their parents rooted for other teams or whatever. There wasn't any sort of. They, they all liked players. They didn't like. They didn't like teams. They liked players, or they like, you know, the they or they like the Broncos for no reason because the Broncos are good. In well, it's also it, it so, also goes back to the fact that you know before you didn't have the ability to watch any team you wanted on the regular. You know, you didn't have NBA League Pass. Right, your I mean, team I, was your team. No, and I was kind of guilty of it when I was a kid. I mean, up until I was about six, my favorite team was the Redskins, and I never really realized why until I looked at, like, you know, the Super Bowls in the early 90s, and there were, the Redskins were there. So, I mean, again, I was guilty of it as a little kid, too, but I grew out of it around seven, you know, eight years old. But these kids now, there's a lot of Patriots fans that have never been to Boston. It's because they, as little kids, they watch the Super Bowl, and there's Tom Brady, there's the Patriots, and they just like the Patriots because that's the team they see. There's no. It doesn't matter. The, the whole game is just so nationalized that if I like – and the NBA is like this too. If, if I grew up seeing the Warriors being really good, I guarantee you there's kids in New York who are Warriors fans who have no reason to be Warriors fans other than the fact that they've, they've been in the championship you know, like three or four years in a row. You know what I mean? So when they get older, they're going to buy that NBA League Pass and they're going to watch Warriors games. They're going to be Steph Curry fans and that's what they're going to watch. And they're going to have no rationale for why the Warriors fans other than the fact that they like them then. It also creates a situation where this is a big bandwagon fan. Like, yeah, I'm a Warriors fan now. And then when they get older, it's like, well, I don't live there. Why am I a fan of them anymore? I'll just start rooting for my home team because now they're good. So you're going to see this a lot more in sports. It's going to be a lot more bandwagoning than there ever has been before because, you, like you're saying, you have that option. You don't have to watch your home team anymore. And these younger kids are so used to being able to jump back and forth between games and watching whatever they want. It there's no appeal there. And it, there's also, not only that, there's no appeal to watch a full game anyway. They just want to see the highlights. So they'll see the highlights of the favorite player, they'll buy that jersey, and that's, that's the extent of you know what? the relationship with the kid in the sport. 
what I think will be interesting is because you know how I was just saying with ticket sales, like at the end of the day, who's who's buying a lot of these PSLs? Who's buying a lot of these boxes? Well, it's corporations, right? It's always been corporations. You look, you look at the Super Bowl. You, it's just this is always how it's been. But if like at the end of the day, why is the corporation doing it? It's a perk, right? It's something that they could all do. Like they could take clients to, it's a party. or they can they can reward. Yeah, it's fun. It's a party. That this whole thing. So as long as that's the case, that like there's something there. But I think the thing that'll be interesting is, does it ever get to a point where suddenly that doesn't seem like that great of a perk to someone who's you know working there? No, because I mean, it's so, you you can't underestimate the fact that it's a live event. Cool. There's food. There's alcohol. There's everything. Whatever. Um, but is it something that you're going to want to do? 41 games out of the year? No, if it's basketball. If, are you going to want to go to 81 baseball games or 82 baseball games? No, that's insane. Like I, I, I don't under. I, it's beyond me why anyone buys baseball season tickets. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, even Unless you're splitting, yeah. even if you split them, that's crazy. That's 40 games or whatever it is. Like that's, that's a shit ton of games. Um, um let's. We could go on all day about this. Then we're gonna well, yeah. let's let's finish this in for future pods. But let's do uh, let's do some quick picks before we get out of here. So I got. I wouldn't say the games are phenomenal this weekend. I got an interesting stat for you, which I, I don't know how you could pick against this. But, okay, so divisional round QB career playoff starts. You, we, Patriots versus Titans. Tom Brady, 34. Marcus Mariota, 1. Blake Bortles, 1. Ben Roethlisberger, 20. Matt Ryan, 9. Nick Foles, 1. Drew Brees, 12. Case Keenum, 0. The only game I could see that you maybe pick against a quarterback who has more starts is is the Vikings. You have how do you, how do you feel here, Tommy? you you saying the Eagles can't win? I don't know. I watched the last couple of Eagles game. I realized Nick Foles had an okay second half against the Giants, but just I watched that Eagles Raiders game a couple of weeks ago, and it was just I I just don't. Okay, look look at Nick Foles. It. Look at Nick Foles' stats when he wasn't playing for Jeff Fisher. I, I'm just going off. I'm just going off the last couple weeks. I like Foles. I, I don't like Foles. I think he's competent enough for it to work. So I think the Eagles are going to win that game. All right. So give me your give me your picks. Let's just do a quick rundown. Um, all the favorites except for the Eagles because the Eagles are technically the underdog. So I guess all the home teams. Okay. I'm going Falcons, Vikings, Steelers, Patriots. So we only we only differ on the Falcons Eagles game. Correct. All right. All right, well, let's check back in next week. Let's do. We'll we'll have some fun stuff next week. We'll have some uh, some guests. We'll have a. We'll have. We were gonna do all our new segments this week, but we just got we got into a, a very uncharacteristic, passionate, heated discussion that we both agreed on almost everything with. It was good. It was good. Felt it was good. good start. Felt good. Felt good. Felt good. Get it off the chest. We'll be a little more positive next week. We'll try. If there's anything left to be positive about in life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for Trevor Brew, Tommy Morris. We'll see you guys next week.